Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Amen. Well, we've been on a series now for a couple weeks, and, and uh, we've called the series Always. And uh, the, the series is about this. What we're talking about in this series is this, that God is with us always. Now, I know, I know you guys have got this down already, and you know, you figured it out, and you're living it and to the full, but I'm working on it still. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting my head in line. So bear with me as we go through this. And, and, and you know, just let God speak to, to, to me and to you too, okay? And, and, you know, it's so good to know that God is with us all the time. And it's, it's such a privilege that I don't want to take it for granted, you know, as we live. You know, I mean, we can think, wow, you know, hey, it's just how it is. But, but I'm telling you, it hasn't always been this way. You know, God's always been there, but I'm telling you, His presence hasn't always been in people and upon people like it is today. We live in a great day. We live in the new covenant. Can you say new covenant? You know, even the great men of the Old Testament, you know, they they lived in a place where, where David one time even says, Lord, don't take your presence from me. We don't have to think that because He is not going to take His presence from us. In Hebrews, he says this, he says, I'll never, ever, never, never, you know, this is amplified, never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. I'll tell you what, he isn't, what does that mean? It means he's with us always, everywhere we go. As you face life, face it from the standpoint that I'm seated in Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm here, God is with me. That is the place of victory. As Dana had, uh, as she always does, she had a tape playing in the house this week, and I, I walk in the room, and I, I hear things, you know. You know what that's like? You walk in, you hear stuff. She's playing Bible tapes. Messages are going on. So I heard this testimony being shared, and I, it just somehow it just struck my heart. And, and, and uh, it was about this missionary lady. I can't tell you her name. I don't know it. But this missionary lady who, who was, was in another country, and she was helping someone who had smallpox. Now, I've never seen anybody with smallpox except on the Internet, and I've heard about it and read a little about it, and, and it, it looks pretty nasty. But this lady had it in her heart that she was going to help this, this person, at least this one person, who had smallpox. And so she's given care to this person, and the whole time that she's helping them, she's speaking the word over her life. And this is what she was declaring over her life, that no plague would come near my dwelling. Now, in the King James, it says nigh, but you know what that scripture is? It says no plague will come nigh my dwelling. It's Psalm 91. She was declaring that over her life. And, and you know what happened? she began to experience the symptoms of smallpox. And you know, what a drag that is. Can, have you ever had that happen? You're believing God, speaking the word, and the very thing that you, you don't want starts happening? I'm telling you, don't you want to just give up if something like that happens? Don't you want to just say, well, throw in the towel. What good did this do? God, my God, my God, where, why have you forsaken me? Okay? Now, in Jesus' case, that was the truth because he was our substitute. 
But I mean, I am tempted sometimes to say that kind of stuff, you know? And, and, and um, but this is what the woman did. The woman began to, to, to have the symptoms of smallpox developing in her body. And she said, she went to God and she said, all right, Lord, what should I do now? Now that seems so simple, but think about it. She realized that God was still with her. She was conducting her life as a mission serving together with God. She wasn't like, you know, you know, see, this is what makes me want to throw in the towel is when I think it's all about me and what I'm doing. But she, thank God, she had the, the wisdom to say, Lord, what should I do now? What the Lord told her to do was to begin to praise him. To begin to praise him. And the way he said it to her was this, that when your praise outnumbers the pox, you'll see the healing. Now this lady had a lot of pox. A lot of pox. So she did a lot of praising. And you know, she probably didn't feel like praising. You know? Every time you praise God doesn't mean it has to be a time. Come on, strike up the band. Strike up the band. Could I have some music here? Keyboards, guitars, sing. I'm going to praise God. Woo, baby. Hey, it probably felt dry. Probably felt like, praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, I mean, for me, couldn't even do that. I don't know. But, but you know, it was probably not. But, but what was said is this, that she was in a medical facility and that her praise was contagious. And that even the, the doctors and the nurses that came in the room, they found themselves entering into praise because she had such a praise atmosphere that was developed. And, and, and she said that, that um, someone says, well, why do you praise the Lord so much? And she says, well, because I got a lot of pox. And I'm praising him. I'm outnumbering these pox. And she was just going for it. Just what she was really doing is looking more at God than she was at her circumstance. And you know what? The pox left. I think, you know, let me tell you something. This is not a formula, okay? Well, you know, because, you know, this screws things up so much in Christianity when people hear a testimony of something that God did in a person's life and they try to put it into a formula. They say, well, if I do this and I do that, if I stand on one leg and hold my right hand up, then, then God will move. You know, I mean, hey, that, that is just formula stuff. But here, I'll tell you, this is what she did do, is she lived her life with an awareness of God. And when trouble came, it wasn't just her, but it was her and God together. You see, that's the kind of stuff that slays giants. When David went up against Goliath, I mean, David was just a little shepherd boy, you know, bringing some cheese sandwiches to his brothers at his dad's request. And there's the giant speaking to the armies of Israel. And it, David didn't stand there and say, well, listen, guys, I'm a pretty good shot. 
man, I've been practicing, you know, out there, and I got this thing down, whew, baby, right there. No, he didn't, it wasn't, that wasn't the mentality that he had. It wasn't the reality that he lived in. What he lived in is, it's like, hey, I'm in covenant with the Most High God, and God is with me. When, when a, a lion came against the sheep or a bear came against the sheep, my God was with me, and I overcame. That's the kind of consciousness, that's the kind of awareness that defeats giants. You see, the, the brothers and, and the, um, the rest of the army of Israel, what defeated them was that they'd lost sight in their trial that God is the Most High God and God was with them. You see, any of us could do that. I don't want to get proud and say, well, bless God. I'm not going to ever be like that. Hey, if we don't watch it, man, those things can creep up on you and become these monsters that are, are staring you in the face and you're scrambling, saying, what do I need to do? Well, God's with us. Say, God's with me. God's Scripture that, I, that was standing out to me this week is over in Proverbs chapter 3. And um, in verse 5, it says this, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Verse 6 is what jumped out at me, though. It says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. In all your ways acknowledge Him. What that says to me today is wherever I go, whatever path I'm on, I'm acknowledging God. I'm, I'm, I'm being aware of His presence. I'm living life because he's right next to me, you know, in the, in the driver's seat. How's that? How's that? Going down slippery roads, which we will encounter in the months to come. Oh, I'm just having a flashback to last year right now. But, you know, I remember, I remember one day Dan and I were driving across the city, the metropolis of Menominee, and we are going over to the north end, and, and, and we were out on 25, and I remember the road was just like a washboard. You, you know those days? I am so sorry I'm bringing that up. But I just remember, <laughs> I remember driving, and we had our expedition, which, uh, you know, we have one of the few expeditions that, that has rear-wheel drive because I bought it in Texas from my nephew, who's a dealer down there. And, and uh, most days in the year, it's, it's fantastic. But that, that day, man, it was like white-knuckling it. And I remember just driving down the road, white-knuckling it, and what are you doing? You're looking in the mirror to see if there's cars behind you thinking you're a fool for driving as slow as you are. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you're like, that isn't, this, I don't know if anybody else is like that, but that's in my mind. I'm thinking, what are they thinking? Are you an idiot? Are you driving too slow? Well, I'm staying alive. But I remember... <laughs> I remember the white knuckle experience, and, and your knuckles are turning white, and I don't know about you, but what happens with me is my toes actually curl in my boots. You know what I mean? And all this stuff happens, and I'm not even aware of it until it's like, ah! And I remember looking at Dane and saying, well, you know what? This is treacherous driving, but God's with us. And I remember we just became, just, we, we, we put our attention our acknowledgement on God's presence. And it didn't change the road, but it changed us. And it changed the atmosphere in our car. And, and you know, praise God, we're here today. Praise God. But what's, what was cool is that my attitude changed. My, you know, your, our attitudes can change. Isaiah 41, 
just giving you some scriptures here. It's always good to do, right? Give you scriptures. Isaiah 41 is just, I just love this verse, and I just want to read it. And I'm reading it out of the English Standard Version, not to confuse anybody, but I know that Stephen will ask me that, so I'm telling you right up. Isaiah 41 in verse 10, it says, Fear not, fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you, I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all who are incest against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It's I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Wow, that is, that is just such good news. Such good news that God is with us. Say that. Say, God's with me. Not just in church. Say that too. Say, not just in church, but every day, all the time. God's with us. What, what, a, what a change that can make in, in my perception of life, knowing that God is with me. Now, look at 1 John for a moment. I'm giving you my barrage of scripture reading before I get into something here. But in 1 John 4, 4, let me tell you something. Christianity is radical. It's radical. If, if it's not radical, then I wonder, is it really Christianity? Or is it some man-made thing? But Christianity is radical. It's God coming into your life and changing you and I from the inside out. Don't ever belittle what Christianity is. It's not some behavior improvement program. Did you hear me? Christianity is not just a behavior improvement program. It's God living in you. God living in you. First John 4.4, 4, one of my favorites says this, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Let's just take a moment and think about that. God is living in us. He's the greater one. And he has taken up residency right inside us. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost who's living in us. Is that amazing? Is that just like mind-blowing? You know, I'll tell you this. You could go shopping, you know, today. You could go over to the Eau Claire Mall or to Woodbury, whatever's your, your neck of the woods. And you could walk into like a Gap clothing store. And in the Gap clothing store, they've got all these clothes. They've got pants. They've got jeans that are all folded so nicely and everything looks good. And, and you could go in there and you could take a pair of jeans. You could hold them up. And there they are. I'd say, I'd, if it was me, I'd say, Dana, look at There's 1969 jeans. How cool. Look at that. They're on sale. But, but those jeans, are there. they might be cool. But then you could go and you could put them on. And when you're in them, they take on a whole new life. <laughs> they begin to express you because you're in them. God 
is living in you. The greater one is living. This is what Christianity is about. This is, again, this is not a self-help program. Thank God for self-help programs. But Christianity is even more. It's radical. All right. Praise the Lord. We're going to look at something here. We're going to look at the life of Joseph real quickly. Let's just, you know, how many know who Joseph is? Maybe you've seen the play, The Code of Many Color, or The Technical Code, or whatever. Or, you know, the, the whole story is about this, this young man that goes from the depths of despair to the heights of glory, you know, in his day. But the whole thing can be misunderstood if you're not aware of what's going on behind the scenes. Now, I'll just capsulize the story real quickly. Joseph was from a big family, had a bunch of brothers, and his dad, you know, he was a favorite in, in the eyes of his dad. And, and uh, so much so that his dad gave him this, this cool coat that, you know, was real colorful, many colors, the Bible says. And, and, you know, not just that it was a cool-looking coat, but it was like a stamp of, of his dad's approval on his life. And what I've noticed in reading about Joseph is that, that his brothers resented him because of the great favor that was upon him. And, and I want to just tell you this, that God's favor on your life doesn't always make you <laughs> a champion to everybody else. Sometimes people will get ticked at you because of the favor that's on your life. But I'll tell you what, don't, don't sit back and say, well, forget that. Walk on in the plan God has for you. You know, and Joseph, you know, God gave him dreams. He had a, he had a dream once and he shared it with his brothers and, and man, it just got him all ticked off all over again. It wasn't bad enough that he was the favorite in the family but, but now, now he's telling us dreams that, you know, it looks like he's, he's being elevated above us. And, and they got mad at him. And then he had another dream, and he told not only his brothers, but even told his dad. And this one even ticked his dad off. But as the story goes on, his brothers were out taking care of business one day, and, and, and Joseph's dad, you know, Israel says to him, he says, listen, I want you to go check on things. Check on the state of affairs. Go, go check in with your brothers. And so he's out there coming to see his brothers, and, and I mean, you know, there's some coats that you wear that they see you coming when you got them on, okay? This is how Joseph was. And they saw him coming in the distance. They said, ah, that could be no one else but our brother Joseph. And they began to plot and scheme. I'll tell you what, jealousy can drive people to the depths of despair. It can drive people to things even as bad as murder. People being jealous. So they, they plotted, and they, 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 the, the, the bulk of them wanted to just kill Joseph, you know, and just say, hey, done with that guy. But there was one brother that pled for his life and said, no, don't kill him. So they, they you know, came to an agreement that they were going to throw him into a, a pit. And then, then as things went on, they, they saw some, some merchants traveling, and, and they said, hey, why don't we just leave him in the pit? Why don't we sell him and make some money? So they sold Joseph to these traveling merchants as a slave. Now, is that a bummer or what? I mean, here you are, the man of favor, the man that, that God's hand is on, and now you're not only you were thrown in a pit, but then you're taken out and sold as a slave. I mean, how bad is that? 
You know, is that a bad hair day or what? You know, you know I get up and, and my clothes don't fit right or something. I'm thinking, wow, what a bummer day. This guy was being sold as a slave. You know, so he goes on, and we know the story. I know I'm not telling you anything new, but he goes on, and, and, and he finds favor with the people in Egypt, and he gets elevated to, to, to a position of power in, in the house of Potiphar, and, 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 and uh, things are looking good again, and just when they're looking good again, everything falls apart again. Has life ever been like that for you? And he, he falls apart, and, and the next thing he knows, he finds himself in prison. And this is no pleasure. This is not like maybe some prisons where they've got, you know, all these privileges. This is a, this is a pit. This is a dungeon. And even in that place of, of, of darkness, God causes them to rise up. Someone, I remember we had Bob Harrison here a few years back. How many remember that? Bob Harrison, Dr. Increase, they call him. And, and, and they, he was talking about increase, and someone said, well, how would increase work in your life if you were in a concentration camp? You know, that's a fair question. And, and I'm glad someone else asked it, not me. But anyway, and, and Bob was so gracious, and he just looked at him, and he says, well, if that were the case, I'll tell you what, I would rise to the top of that place. You know, I, I would just, no matter what situation, this is Bob Harrison, he says, well, whatever situation I'm put in, God in me, Will cause me to rise up. He says, I'm like cream. I always rise to the top. You see, sometimes people have equated, you know, the success and favor of God with exterior things. But it's something that's on the inside of you and I. And it's whatever place we're, we're, we're in, God is going to cause us to rise up. This stuff works at home on your job, in your neighborhood, it'll cause you to live at a higher level. Now, reading the story of Joseph, now I've, I've got it all in my Bible here, but I've got to tell you, I have no idea where I have this here. Well, what I got down to is in chapter 39 of Genesis, when, when you look at what was going on behind the scenes with this guy, is it spells it all out. It says this, that God was with Joseph. He was with Joseph. His presence was with this man, and that's what caused him to rise up in life. God is with you. The reason Jesus came to this earth, Emmanuel, is that God would be with you and I. You see, this will change things in your life to realize that God, the Most High God, is with you. We're going to look at a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Say, God's with me. He never leaves me. Wherever I go, there he is. Now, that's not an arrogant statement. That's a statement of dependence. Arrogance would say, I'm on, I can do this thing on my own. What I'm telling you is, I need God. I need God, and the good news is, He's with me wherever I go. Why are we talking about this stuff? Why are you doing a series called Always? Because I want to build faith 
in my life and in your life of God's presence. God's presence 24-7. You know, um, Dana, she has these things down more than I do sometimes. You know, back when, when my kids were young, sorry, Kara, but uh, when my kids were young, I have two girls, and they're, they're pretty close in age, and one of them's here, and one of them lives in New York. But when they were young, they, were, they, could, they, they looked really nice and seemed kind of shy, but they have something in them. I call it stinker, okay? <laughs> Sometimes they do things that were, were just what I'd call stinker, and, and they rarely let an April 1st go by without, you know, doing something. Tying the, you know, the little gadget on your sinks that's like a, a, a gun. They would tie the, the knob down so when you turn down the water, you know, it sprays you all over. They'd do stuff like that. But, but you know, we had this, this, this cutout, um, life-size, cardboard thing of this guy named Michael W. Smith. Okay, have you ever heard of him? Michael W. Smith, he's a Christian singer. And somehow the, the girls got this life-size cutout of Michael W. Smith. And one night, it was, you know, Mar what is 30 days, 31 days in March? Okay, yeah, 31, yeah, I had to do my thing. And they, they got up in the middle of the night, and, and they, they got old Michael. They brought him up from the basement when Dana and I were sound asleep. And they came and they put him in our bedroom, <laughs> right by the window, okay? So, you know, what happened is Dana woke up in the middle of the night, and the moon was shining through. <laughs> and... and, and and, and her first recollection is she thought it was Jesus. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That was great. She thought Jesus was there, and she was like, Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. You know? Now, if it had been me, there would have been a 357 hole in the middle of Michael W. Smith. You know? Dana, my beautiful wife, gets up and she thought Jesus had come. I want to be like that. I want to think like that. Anyway, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 16, it says, it says this. This is very simple. It says Paul is talking and he says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? He says this. This is so bold and so revealing. He says, you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll dwell with them, in them, and I will walk in them. And I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Knowing that God is living in you will change the way you look at life. It'll change things. Any problem that confronts itself against you, God is living in me. God is living, he's walking in me. Wherever I go, he's with me. You'll look at life different 
And I can tell you this, people will look at you different because of what's in you, who's in you. I, you know, I, I'll tell you, you guys will think I am so carnal. But I, I, I like some TV shows, you know. And one of my all-time favorite TV shows is this one called Andy Griffith. Have you ever seen it? You know? Andy Griffith. Andy of, you know, I don't know, he lived in Mayberry and he was a sheriff. There you go. And, and if you're an Andy fan, you know, tell me if I'm out to lunch. But my favorite Andy ones are the ones where Barney is the deputy. You know, Barney Fife. And if you've never seen it, I mean, sometime watch one. Go on YouTube, you can see them. And, and, and so I was reliving, you know, uh, my favorite show a couple weeks ago and watching this one. And this is one of my all-time favorite episodes. So what's happening is there's this little town called Mayberry. It's in North Carolina. And it's a real old-time place, you know. I mean, modern days have not hit Mayberry. Okay, but what they do have is they've got a bridge that they're putting in an overpass by the town there. And so there's this, this, this construction company is out there blasting, you know, a way to make way for this new bridge. And while that's going on, this farmer comes to town and he brings his goat. And the reason he brings his goat is because he just, he, the goat wanted to see what life was like in the city. These are the kind of things Dana would do. Bring her goat to town. She loves goats. You know, we used to eat them in Haiti until she started making friends with goats, and then she couldn't eat them anymore. I still enjoyed them, but, but, but she, she couldn't do it. And, 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 and uh, she'd make a terrible farmer. But in any case, so they bring the, the farmer brings the goat to town. And he stops by to see the sheriff. And as the story goes on, what happens is the goat gets away. And he's lost for a little while. And they look everywhere for this goat. And, 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 and finally, they don't even find the goat, but they find this room that's full of dynamite. And the sad thing is, is in this room that's full of dynamite, they found it, the door was open, and they found the goat's rope is in that room. And not only did they find the goat's rope in that room, but they found a case of dynamite with some sticks missing, and one of them had been chewed in half. So now they have knowledge that the goat is loose in town, and he's full of dynamite. <laughs> so they even call the engineer who's working on the bridge, and they say, what will happen with a goat full of dynamite? And the engineer says, quite honestly, I've never come across this before. But he said, anything could happen. I mean, if you shake him the wrong way, he could blow it up. And old Barney says, you mean everything would go bluey? And that was what Barney said. And he says, yeah, bluey. And, and, and so they found the goat. And what I want to tell you is because of what was in him, everybody treated him differently. <laughs> Even the goat, if the goat knew what was in him, he'd think of himself differently. The people in town showed him the utmost respect. Whatever the goat wanted, the goat was going to get. I'll tell you what, you got something in you that's better than dynamite. More explosive than dynamite. 
What I'm telling you in essence this morning is you're a bunch of loaded goats. <laughs> and with that knowledge, life has got to look different. I'm telling you, nothing is impossible when you know the greater one is in you. The greater one is in you. God is living. I am the temple. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. God is living in me. Wow. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.